Welcome to the Todd DeVos Show, exploring the best ideas and lessons for leaders. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And today we are talking, well, about how you can use uh, different tools specifically for stress. And as we've seen over the last oh, couple of years now with COVID and then, of course, the uh, conditions that are happening worldwide, um, you know, stress is always part of what we do. And as people involved in leadership and involved in emergency response and involved in, in working with people, uh, stress is always uh, an issue. And I'm excited to have uh, Jolie here with us. Um, and she has created a program. And as I was talking to her the other day, I said, cards, of, like, you know, cards Against Humanity, although I've never played that. Think about that type of thing. But instead of having silly things happening, it helps you deal with stress. Julie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Tom. Thanks very much for having me. Oh, absolutely. So just one day you decided to create a deck of cards and, you know, or was there a process behind it when you decided to really help out with uh, people with stress? Like, tell me that backstory. There's definitely a backstory. There always is, right? <laughs> so um, your audience might, might hear the New Zealand accent. So um, just a little bit of background might be helpful. My co-founder and I, so Elizabeth and I, tend to say that our careers have quite literally been a series of disasters. And I imagine that's something that, that yeah, many of the people listening will, will resonate with. You know, that'll be the same for them. And, you know, um, working on large-scale disasters in different places around the world. And Elizabeth and I met on the Christchurch earthquakes, right? So just over 10 years ago, that's my hometown. So I was impacted by the event as well as leading a large team in that event. And one of the biggest challenges we had was we knew the pressure was going to be ongoing. We knew that it wasn't going to be just a couple of months and done, that um, we needed our people to step up and sustain um, and work under pressure, immense pressure to perform and do that for a really long period of time. And so we just thought we're going to have to find ways to sustain and support them. And so we put everything in place that we could think of to support this team. You know, we had briefing and debriefing. We had, you know, professional supervision, peer mentoring. We had training. We had, you know, yoga. You name it, we threw the whole kit and caboodle at this team. And the reality was over time, as fatigue really, you know, set in, we were burning people out. And to us, that wasn't okay. And it led us to think, this isn't the first disaster the world's ever had, mm -hmm. right? How have others approached this? Um, what can we learn from other disasters? And that meant that I was able to go on a Winston Churchill Fellowship to explore disasters around the world, including here in the US, and get a sense around what is the impact of working in the space? You know, and, and you know, heads up, that was pretty sobering, you know, the impacts it can have on people. And what are the things that we could be doing differently and better to support people um, in a really preventative way rather than waiting for people to burn out? And that's what led to designing this particular deck of cards. So I, I know that we've done like the peer counseling here. Um, you know, the idea is you, you go on an event and you, you know, sit back and you talk about it, the issues that's happening, um, you know, you, those type of things. Mm -hmm. um, how, how does this help out with, with that aspect of it? And like, like how does, how is it better than I suppose than that whole idea of peer counseling? Cause like I, I always thought when I was young, um, that this was a bunch of hogwash 
that reinforced into sitting around talking about our, our feelings, whatever those are. Right. And then as I got older, I understood that it really helps out a lot. But how does feelings, ooh, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Those, you know, we're, we're bricks or, you know, so, but how does this help out compared to like, say, that traditional sitting around talking about your feelings? Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't discourage that either. Um, it just makes it a whole lot easier. And for us, it's finding something that was really practical and effective. So we had some design challenges, you know, that we put in place for ourselves as we designed them. They had to work when the pressure's on, right? You know, a lot of the things that we know and we should do, they just don't stick. A lot of the wellbeing initiatives and supports just don't stick when the pressure's on. We don't have the time, the brain space, the energy. The things that we know we should do are the things we don't tend to do when we most need it. So for us, it was like, how do we bridge that gap between the things we know we need to do for our self-care, to look after ourselves, to look after our teams, and actually being able to do it and the kind of conditions in which we work, which aren't your business as usual, right? They're very different. Um, we also thought about you know, how is that we create something that sustains and what is super practical and super easy. You know, it's got to work for, um, you know, the minute we talk about yoga and mindfulness, we're going to lose people. It's got to work for, I'm a scientist, right? It works, I'm, I'm um, hyper I guess, suspicious of things, yeah? And for me, it's got to be super effective, super practical. It's got to work for blokes in New Zealand. It's got to work for, you know, people um, in the emergency management culture. We're very different in this space. So I'm just thinking about an answer to your question. One of the things that we're really keen on is that it serves multiple purposes, right? One of the things that we... Um, encourage people to do is to use the deck of cards there's a hundred in there but you just flick through and pick the ones that resonate with you it could be as small as two it could be as many as 12 and you're basically creating a plan and for us it's about preventing burnout you know mm -hmm. we have PPE for everything else like our personal protective equipment for going out in the field right and the impacts of this prolonged stress that we work under are very very real and very very sobering and if it was any other hazard we would have plans in place, we would have procedures, we would have PPE. Um, for me, it's about having everybody with a plan in place so that we can prevent burnout and really maximise the chance of personal and professional growth and minimise damage working in this space. And then the other thing that they're really great for is exactly what you're talking about, how to start those awkward conversations right, that are so necessary and helpful amongst peers. No one gets the kind of stress that you're under more than people who are going through something similar or have worked in the space. Mm -hmm. So that peer support is really important. Um, one of the ways that the cards can be used is you can literally just flick through and pick out the card that is resonating with you right now. And you can check in as a group. This is my card. You can give the reason why or not. But you get a much deeper check-in around where people are at and what they're going through rather than going, Todd, how are you doing? Right. You know, what I'm likely to get for you until you feel comfortable and safe. You know, it's, it's a really easy... It's much safer to talk about a card. Yeah, right. it's a much easier way to start conversations and for people to feel like what they're going through is normal because they see it reflected on the cards in front of them. I responded to a, um, a mass shooting um, and it was pretty traumatic for everybody, you know, especially those that were you know, involved. And um, I remember having to go through the first of the peer counseling um, and then through where they made us go through regular counseling. Mm -hmm. And they really were taking care of the first responders' mental health. Um, and even with that, we still had people who who retired out uh, from the system due to stress for various different reasons. Um, and when we're going through the, the counseling, one of the things they talked about was the concept of pebbles 
in your backpack that every time you respond to a call, you pick up a little bit of that call. So each everybody has a different response feeling to that call. And and to be able to really, I think the, I like the idea of the cards because it is less invasive than me going, hey, how are you doing? Of course, our answer is always going to be, oh, we're good. Right. Fine. That's, that's how we answer. Right. Fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it kind of goes to this. I mean, there's in 2019, there are 47,500 suicides and then 1.4 million suicide attempts. So obviously, people are feeling the stresses and, the, and it, it leads to that. Does something like these cards help really bring that to the front to where people could go, okay, I, I'm, I'm at risk. I need help more than just, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, I mean, great question. And I'm just going to go back a step because in thinking about that Winston Churchill Fellowship, one of the things that we were exploring is what is the impacts of working in this space, right? And it was everything from suicide through to health impacts, through to marriage breakdown, huge at the individual level, you know, in terms of what people were seeing in themselves and in their colleagues. And even if you see the list, it looks very abstract, right? But when you can put faces to that, really great people working in the space, and you can put faces to all of those things that you're seeing playing out. It's incredibly sobering um, and so important that we work preventatively. And for me, these um, this deck of cards is not a replacement for counselling or for the intense and more specialist support that we need when we're really in a time of um, more necessary support, getting closer to you know, being really in distress. But for me, these are very much around the preventative piece. They're starting a common language, you know, amongst first responders. They're normalising stress, being able to talk about it, being able to know how to support each other. For me, it's very much around that preventative piece. You know, the employee assistance programme, counselling, we need the whole suite. We need the whole, all the pieces to the puzzle. And this is one piece that for us was really missing. You know, we so want to do something. Side, on, on the preventive side, could this be used like, you know, before the shift starts, yes. uh, before the day starts, and, you, and you're, you're in there having coffee and doing your briefing, and just pull a card out and say, "Okay, we're going to discuss this card today," and kind of, kind of, can Absolutely. you do it like that? Absolutely. And I'd like to see like everybody working in the space because this is only becoming more and more of a problem, right? We're getting less downtime. We're right. getting more layering of crises, and. Um, yeah, we used to have disaster seasons, right? In Australasia, we would have our fires, in Australia in particular, our bushfires, and um, people would be working, you know, really hard through that space. They would get a little bit of downtime to recuperate. Then they would head across the pond to help here in North America in your season, right? And we'd exchange in that way. There's this overlap, this constant overlap now with the season stretching and, um, you know, being less of a uh, chance to, to recover and recuperate. So what I would like to see as part of people's initial training or their induction is that we all have a plan in place. You know, before we go on deployment, what is our plan? Let's all have a plan so that we can sustain ourselves and do our best work. And as part of our regular um, touching, you know, those touch points that you have in a, in a team, the briefing, the debriefing, um, all of those, maybe it's a monthly meeting, there's a whole host of ways of using the cards in a really simple um, easy way of just triggering conversations and connections in a way that's yeah it's kind of fun it's not it's not ooh feelings you know I promise Elaine <laughs> <laughs> <Well, laughs> I, I learned early on when raising my son that was never to ask how are you doing because it's too easy to answer fine I always asked what did you do in each class this brought out information that I was able to ask uh, for more information and uh, I think that's a great way of engaging um, and engaging with people because like 
you, you know, at the end of a shift, you can say, oh, how was your shift? And everybody goes, oh, it was, it was great, right, or whatever. And you can just say, hey, tell me about something that occurred on, yes. on this particular shift and, and it brought yeah. it out sometimes, you know. Uh, and, and the nice thing about that, too, is you can do that in the context of of the safe space, if you will, yeah. uh, where you know that you're not going to be judged for things. Because um, as a first responder, I always hated it when, um, or still do, when, when people ask the question, like, oh, what was the worst call that you're ever mm-hmm. on? Like, Dude, why do I want to share that with you? You know, that's, yeah. Yeah. you know. So, it's just that lack of understanding of people who haven't been there, right? Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. but I think with amongst ourselves, if you playing, playing with the cards and going through that process, it does help you actually get it, literally, right? The concept of getting yeah. it off your chest, no? Yeah, yeah. And in a way that's, um, you know, simple, easy. You can have a bit of fun with it, but you can also get quite real with it. Um, the other thing you're talking about, you know, how do you do this as a leader or as a manager? That's hard too, isn't it, right? You know, a lot of us will say, I hear from a lot of people, look, I'm not a psychologist. I wasn't trained for this. Like, I know this is important, but how am I meant to have these conversations? How do I start these conversations? And so that, you know, comment around the questions to ask, the type of questions, um, that really triggered this thinking is around how do we make this easy for, you know, your shift leader or a manager or, you know, a leader in this space? Um, and we've worked really hard to make it super practical, super easy, so that teams and leaders can put the stuff in place and know that they are looking after their people and, and you know, like really doing this piece of the puzzle um, in a way that isn't scary. Can you do this, um, like, after, like, if say it's a disaster, right, and you're mm-hmm. in the working space and understanding that when you're in the working space, you're go, 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 go until you're down, right? Yes, yes. Um, could, could you do this in that, like, downtime is it is it or is it less invasive i suppose uh is it something that could be made more of a of a relaxing uh, activity Mm -hmm. absolutely so we would say use it in the thick of it because that's when you most need it but one of the things um and forgive me if you know this is something that your audience knows but there's that disaster recovery curve right which is to start with there's a huge amount of a adrenaline, energy, sense of unity, you all got this common challenge, you're all united towards, you know, this huge thing that you're you're dealing with. And so we've got the heroic and honeymoon phase. And then when people, you know, you're constantly innovating the way in which you're working, you're constantly responding because the situation demands it. And it just doesn't let up and you're having to find a way to sustain yourself. And over time, people become incredibly tired, right? Our energy wears out, we become a little, probably none of us are at the best versions of ourselves at this point, right? And so, you know, we're often a little bit um, fractious with each other. Um, you know, our performance suffers because that's the cognitive, I'm a cognitive scientist, there's a little bit of the background, so I'm really interested in what happens to our performance. So we get this real slump where we feel the fatigue and all the effects. But what we often don't think about is at the other end, if we have time to process, if we have time to digest, if we really pull out some of those questions that we grapple with, you know, through all of this, get time to process all of that. At the other end, most people grow from working in the space or from going through a disaster. And I think that downtime afterwards or the relaxing or the reflection time, it's nice to have something to channel towards. You know, you've got the cards, they trigger some thinking, but it's not exceptionally hard work. But it's a nice way of processing and thinking, well, what did go well for me? What has surfaced? Like, what have I learned about myself? What, you know, do I want to take on board and do differently or better next time in terms of looking after myself? Um, Because there's a massive, I guess it's a huge fodder for learning, you know, and learning about yourself and professionally as well, um, how it is that we develop and grow. 
And I think if you can use the cards in that space as well, you know, the, the after in terms of thinking about for next time and learning and growing, they're really useful. The other thing we say with people making a plan is to put your feet up, like put on your favorite music, you know, grab your you know beverage of choice and just have a bit of fun with it, you know, for 15 minutes. It doesn't have to be hard work. You can have a bit of fun. And you can do it with others, right? We've created modules where you can do it as a team. Put on some Bob Marley as a team or whatever is your music that, you know, is not going to impact people's well-being <laughs> negatively. And then, you know, have a bit of fun with it together, you know, and, and creating your plans and knowing that you've got something in place for everyone. How have people received the cards? They've been used by the likes of, um, in Sydney, Australia, you know, the ICU nurses who have just been under the thick of it with COVID. Yeah, they've been used by um, University of Berkeley, you know, Office of Emergency Management. They've been used in all sorts of places, including, you know, after the the Black Summer bushfires in Australia, they've been used by a lot of stakeholders working in that space who know they need to sustain themselves. And we often hear, probably the thing we hear most often is, if only I'd had this earlier, you know? So I think people find the cards, though, a little bit delightful. They're um, a bit fun and um, they're also quite serious. You know, there's a mix of everything in there. We're all so different. So I think that the message we often get is if only we'd had this earlier, you know. So, yeah, that's our mission is can we get them into hands of people preventatively rather than waiting till we burn them out. So yeah. let's talk about the cards themselves for a minute because I find them kind of fascinating and, and um I got to look at through some of them. How, how how do you envision people actually pulling the cards out and using them? And like, what do they say? And and, yeah. and have a, a system associated with it. Yeah, absolutely. I can talk you through the themes. Is yeah. that probably the easiest way? Absolutely. And again, it's it's that design challenge. These are all challenges that we were seeing and experiencing in ourselves and in our teams. Um, and we were seeing playing out in that Winston Churchill research. You know, looking at disasters around the world. So that very much informed the themes, along with all the well-being evidence and the science that we know sits behind it. Um, I'm a cognitive scientist, so really keen on making sure we've got the right evidence base for everything. Um, but these ones here, and you'll get this, is, you're talking about it with peer support, right? Actually, mm-hmm. we know as important as counselling is, it needs to be part of the puzzle. A lot of us won't access it, right? And I would encourage you to, because it is a good thing, but a lot of us won't. And actually, we know a lot of us, um, most people who go through a tough time their greatest source of support is going to be their social network around them. You know, their close family, their friends, their colleagues, people, especially the peer support, people who get it, who have been through something similar, who understand, who aren't going to ask you the questions like, tell me about your worst call, right? So people who understand it and get it. And yet what we were seeing playing out with our team is through time as they became more and more tired and stretched, how difficult it is to reach out know to your network around you because you're too tired to connect you don't have the time I just have this to-do list that is crazy I just don't you know that's a nice to have to catch up with people or we just withdraw you know as we become under pressure you know and so we were seeing that we could educate about the importance of your social network Uh, we knew it was important but we were seeing people retract and that was our first design challenge So these ones here, you just flick through and you pick out one or two that really resonate with you that you think you need under pressure. And the idea is it's about mobilizing your support crew, right? And we should all have it in place. We should never be doing this stuff alone, right? It's it's a tough gig working in the emergency management space. And so the idea is you pick a couple of people in your life that you really know and trust and you give them a card 
and you say, hey, Todd, you've known me for years, just pretend, yeah, sure, Jolie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And you know what I look like when I'm under pressure or, you know, right. some of my tendencies. And I'm going to give you this card and I'm going to give you the permission to give it back to me when you see that I need it. Right? So you're setting it up in advance. You're setting up your crew to look out for you in a way that is easy for them to do because often we don't know how to do that as a crew right. either. Right? And it is really powerful to be carded. You know, when you get that card back, you've committed to doing what is on that card. And you probably don't want to hear that message because you've lost perspective on yourself because of stress. Mm -hmm. But someone who cares about you can see it and is giving you the message. So that everything from, um, you know, people who will just um, keep on going down a rabbit hole and not ask for help with a problem, right? Because we just want to be self-sufficient and self-reliant. So this one here says, you know, it's time to get some help with this. You've been struggling with this for a while. Mm. Others are like, you know, when I when I get in this space, I'm just going to stop being able to see when I need to take a break, right? So someone will tell me, look, right, you need to take a break. You'll come back more effective, more efficient. And I know you're not going to want to hear it, but here's my, me telling you, I can see now that this is, needs to happen, you know? Yeah. Um, New Zealand men particularly love this one. It'll be interesting to see if it's the same here. Are you being a jerk, right? Yes. <laughs> Stop being a jerk, right? No, as you were. And, you know, this one was really triggered by an emergency manager who said to me, you know, he had worked on this huge event and it was a really prolonged event. And he said, I was really proud. I just stepped up and did my best work. It was amazing. And his team went, <coughs> you know, he said, what? And they said, you were amazing for the first couple of weeks. And then you kind of turned into a bit of a jerk, you know? And he's, this was his self-reflection. He said, I learned something about myself. I'd lost perspective on myself and how I was operating and how I was leading. And so now I have someone who gives me this card at the point at which I've lost perspective and have worked, gone from being that amazing version of myself under pressure into, you know, a little bit of being a jerk. So yeah. someone else who can help hold that for him and give it back. So it's not something to give to someone to say, Todd, you're being a jerk. It's something that I would give someone, you know, and say, give this back to me when you think I'm being a jerk. Right. And I'll, and I'll take a good look at myself. Although so, I, I might appreciate that if somebody gives that to me, because uh, sometimes you're not inside that, you're, you're, your own bubble, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it's all about the intent in which it's given, you know, I would say. And then these ones here are pretty self-explanatory, right? These are tips for turbulent, pretty on point for our times of today. Mm -hmm. And these are around all the suggestions, ideas, the things that people learned from working in the space for a long period of time. You know, like, if I could go back and do it again, I would do this. Or this really got me through. So some of them are really practical because we often hear from people, hey, look, when I'm under pressure, I just get decision fatigue. I need to be told what to do. So some of them are super practical. Other people will be like, hey, just do not be telling me what to do when I'm under pressure. I will not deal with that very well. You know, so right. some of them are more question based or, you know, so a whole lot of you just pick the ones that are relevant to you. There'll be some that resonate and some that don't. And then we've got this whole idea around actually our bodies and brains are connected. You know, and often we forget that we we think that we just have our body that we can thrash and it will carry our brain around and we'll be able to keep doing our job without looking after our body. And actually the two are connected, you know, like as a cognitive scientist, how our brain performs will be connected to how, you know, we look after our body. And yet under pressure, we do all the worst things, don't we, you know? So in this kind of environment, it's not the time to say, okay, you need to join the gym or overhaul your diet. So these are just tiny little things that you can put in place to remind you to check in with your body, but also to, to treat it as well as you can under pressure to be able to support your performance. And then these ones are around, especially, you know, you've got all that adrenaline flowing working in the space, 
if there are things that you can't address, like adrenaline is all about mobilizing your body's resources to deal to the threat, right? If you can't sort it because it's outside of your control, then all of this, you know, um, mobilized energy has to go somewhere. And it's really typical and normal, especially as we get tired, for it to come out as, you know, high emotion. And this is where we can undermine all our hard work, you know, through getting hot under the collar or, you know, wanting to quit or all the things that our tendencies that we might have. So, you know, we have emergency managers who've got one of these in the back of their lanyards just as a reminder when things get really hot or thick or difficult, you know. And just about there. <laughs> these ones, as a cognitive scientist, really, I mean, these are all the challenges that we were seeing in our teams, right, and yeah. ourselves. And this is what happens to our decision-making under pressure, right? Especially when you're really tired, our prefrontal cortex goes offline, so we actually make poor decisions. We don't have our greatest tool that we need to make the best decisions, and the decisions we're making are so important, right? And so if we get that wrong, we're just creating more stress that we have to go back and, and fix up. So the idea behind these is that you can feel a lot more confident in your decision-making process because there's a set of questions that you can test your decisions against, you know, individually really quickly because you're never going to have perfect information working in this space, right? <laughs> but you're making critical decisions. You can do this quickly individually or as a team, right? And then there's a, a set around lots of different ways to use the cards individually or as a team or as an organization. So very yeah. long after your question, Todd. No, no, that was great. That's absolutely needed because I think like, like when we hear things, I say the collective we, right? Like we're yes. uh, uh, as as a as a profession, whether it's in first response or under stressful jobs, uh, we tend to like dismiss the wooey as they call it. Like, oh, that's all whatever. That's nice, right? But uh, to see that really, um, to to really see that laid out in in a way that's done in the blue sky without the pressure reading it through understanding what it is and then being able to apply those under stressful yeah. situations um i mean they're, they're people are under stress you know yeah. and, and to be able to have that done and to be able to relax you uh so you're not making bad decisions i think is critical these, Elaine, are, born, these are born out of disaster right these are yeah. really made to be practical in this kind of space you know there's some of the challenges that we will see and we face yeah uh, it, and Elaine brings up a good point here. She goes, many of us, I would say, I would say all of us, we went into this field to help others, and we're not the ones that want to look for help. And yes. I, I think of I think of my grandmother when you think of this, like she was this, she would make all the food for the family, she'd be up on her feet the entire time, never want any help to do anything. But she's probably the one that needed the most help yeah. um, at that time and, and would refuse it. And she says, We see, we and she says she goes on to says. We see um, others in the middle of the disaster and say, others have it worse. They need help more. And, yeah. you know, I, I, you're right. I, I think she's absolutely right on this. She is, yeah. Um, yeah. I have, and, I have and, two and, stories around oh, that, yeah. if that's okay. You know, mm -hmm. I have a couple of stories. And the first thing I would say, there's, there's something great about self-reliance and about putting our own perspective, our own situation in perspective by looking at others who are having it worse. Like, I think there's something to that. So long as there's... Um, and understanding around when it is that we need to put the support in place for ourselves. Because if we're going to sustain our support to others, it's, it's so critical and it's so necessary. But the couple of stories I have are both relating to our Winston Churchill, right, the, the research that we did, people that I spoke to who shared their stories with me. And one was a lady who had just had a phenomenal career in emergency management, has done some incredible things, really well-known and well-respected. But at the time that we went to talk with her, she said, actually, I'm on stress leave. Like I've had a really significant, you know, event and things, um, you know, unravel a little bit, but I do want to talk to you because this is precisely, you know, what it is that you're looking at. 
And so we went to visit her and she, you know, told us um, essentially, you know, the, the challenges that she was facing. She had significant health issues. It was on stress leave at this point. After phenomenal, you know, like um, other events that she had managed, it was that cumulative nature that you talked about, the pebbles in the backpack, right? And she said, but this isn't even the scary thing. And we said to her, what is then? You know, if this isn't scary, this is pretty scary, you know? And she said, the scary thing is that when I stopped and turned around and kind of looked at the, my team that I was leading, I realized that my team was just two to three weeks behind where I'm at. Mm. So for her, it was the understanding that even if we can't do it for ourselves, because, you know, that's often how it's, it's quite hard to get us to, to think about and look after ourselves when we're there to support others. It's really important to re realize the impact that you have on those around you as well. So the question I often ask myself, where am I at? Because this is where I'm leading others to, right? And so I need to look after myself because that's, you know, stress is contagious. And where I'm at, whether I'm in calm or whether I'm in chaos, is going to have an impact on those around me. So, you know, for no other reason, and I hope you, you look after yourself because you're important, but if for no other reason, do it because of those around you. And the other point that I think really resonate, you know, with her question or comment really resonated with me is that, that martyrdom approach that we take, right? And um, to be really honest, I'm a recovering martyr, right? This is something I work on all the time. <laughs> and one of the people we interviewed is Dr. Kate Brady, amazing um, disaster recovery specialist in Australia. And she said to me, she said, well, it's a bit of a story for her. She said one of her very first job interviews, very early in her career, she um, went to the interview and the, the hiring manager, you know, asked her a whole bevy of questions. And she said, I was nailing it. I was just, I thought, I'm really confident I've got this. And she said, and then she asked a question that I just wasn't expecting and didn't know how to answer. And the question is, so Kate, you know, are you a martyr or are you a professional? And yeah. Kate kind of went, pardon? What do you mean? I'm not sure that I understand your question. And she said, well, it's quite simple, really, you know, just useful for me to know as a manager, I'll work to, you know, whichever it is, that's no problem, I can make it work. If you're a martyr, you know, you will be here, first one here, the last one to leave, when things, you know, get intense, you you know, you'll be someone I can definitely count on, you'll work all hours that God gives you, you'll, you know, be the one that puts your hand up for the shift that's um, no one else can take, you know, you'll say yes when you shouldn't, you'll, you know, you'll really thrash yourself. That's great. I know that, um, you know, we'll get as much out of you in the next year or so. That's fantastic. We'll, we'll use that to our advantage, but I won't bother investing in your professional development mm. because I know you're not going to be here for the long term. You'll, you'll burn out, you know, but I can work with that if I really have to. But what I'd rather is if you're a professional, right? You know, you will have some bounds in place. You'll have a well-being, you know, preventative plan in place, you know, to protect you from burnout. You will um, say no when I'd rather you said yes. But because you're not in, you know, because you're looking after yourself and, you know, you will role model and lead for others, but you will be here for the long haul, for the things that we're trying to achieve, you know, in our organization and with our mission. And I know it's worth investing in you and you will have greater impact over the long term than if you're a martyr. So which is it, Kate? Are you a martyr or are you a professional? Wow. So that's a great question, I think, to be asking ourselves. Yeah. We should add that to our uh, our questions that we had when we're hiring new first responders and, emer and emergency managers for sure. Yeah. Julie, we're at the end of our time today and it went by so fast. And thank you so much for sharing this stuff. How can people find you? They can find you, uh, find me on um, our website, so hummingly.co. 
But also check me out on LinkedIn. Um, we're there under Hummingly, but also, you know, Jolie Wills. Um, often Willis seems to be the easy um, misspelling. So Jolie Wills. I often think it's my first name that should be harder. <laughs> but yeah, hummingly.co. And please reach out. Don't be a stranger. I'm new to the US. I'm really excited to be part of the emergency management community here. So yeah, please, please connect with me. I'd really enjoy that. Absolutely, Julie. Thank you so much for your time today. And uh, welcome to the United States. Thanks very much, Todd. Thanks for having me. Hey, everybody, thank you so much for spending time with us this morning. And this is a very important topic. I mean, mean, serious. I lost a friend um, just a few weeks ago um, uh, to suicide. Uh, It's, 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 and it's hard. Um, It's hard for everybody left behind. So please, please take care of yourself. Um, Reach out to people who, who care about you. And until next week, stay safe and stay hydrated.